electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures are well off the early lows of the morning on this final week of July. What a week it'll be. Peak earnings season, Fed meeting, and of course, a lot more talk about disruption from the Delta variant. Our roadmap begins with that monster week for earnings. Tesla today, other big tech like Apple, Alphabet, Facebook, and Amazon also on tap. The China crackdown, Beijing targeting both on uh, Tencent's music licensing and the entire tutoring industry, fueling further tensions between the world's top two economies. And the crypto rally, Bitcoin hits its highest level in six weeks. Amazon now reportedly considering accepting crypto payments. But we are gonna start with the China flurry of headlines, Jim, whether it's, uh, we got a downgraded Didi from Atlantic today, just because the regulatory environment there is changing so quickly. It is amazing that we had all thought that perhaps what should happen is the United States should block Chinese companies from listing here, maybe we shouldn't fund them. That had been a big issue with the previous administration. Kind of just talked about it. Turns out they don't want us. They don't want their. Mo- they don't want the mo- our money. Uh, it seems like they want to destroy American stocks. Now it's very difficult because the, the Eunice has done some amazing reporting. But let's just take a, a Bank of America piece today about the downgrading of the after-school training. Uh, you know, we're talking about some very, very liquid stocks, uh, New Oriental, Tal. And they're saying that a, there's a policy to, re- sorry, but to reduce the burden of homework after school. Now, I just, frankly, that may be the, that may be the statement. <laughs> but to me, it looks like to reduce the value of American companies' holdings. And is there a potential to believe that what's happened is they're cracking down on rich people who might send their kids to after school and they're cracking down on companies that are um, that make you stupid. Make you stupid is with the way the Chinese would look at it. Right. It would be like a TikTok, right. uh, would be like a, a Tencent. Make, when I say that, I mean literally that they don't want people to be dumbed down. And then I'm waiting for them to try to figure out what they're going to do. Like they did uh, pin, uh, this Pinduo duo. That, that one seems like that's an online e-com site. I don't know why they're cracking down on that. Right. Whatever it is, you got to get out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of all the reasons people were cautious in the past, transparency, yes. uh, opacity of results and, and business models. But people have wondered in the past week why they would do this to their own giants. I mean, this is Tencent's biggest fall since 2011. I know, but you have to wonder whether there's also a crackdown on the rich, the property stocks that Eunice Yu was just talking about, those are rich people. Uh, I think that the communist Chinese have come out on a multi-front against rich people and against education uh, dumbed-down, and also against rich people doing better than other people. But so far, it seems uncoordinated, which is what's so hard. We're going to hear from Kevin Johnson later this week at Starbucks. They seem to have no problem. Is that because Starbucks is about Chinese, for Chinese? I don't know, but 
I have to tell you, I'm searching about why they would crack down on Baidu. And then I said, well, maybe Baidu is too, has too much freedom. Uh, what are they going to do with Alibaba? Is Alibaba OK? They have American financials. It's always been transparent. Or is Alibaba just another company that they think the rich people have benefited from? So I think this is an attack on the rich and it's an attack on people who are uh, uh, who are creating content that is not becoming of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, there was a Chinese official last night on the wires who said that uh, China is willing to deal with the U.S. on an equal footing, uh, wants to seek common ground, put aside differences with the U.S. But today's headline is that we're in some kind of stalemate well, when they, it comes to trade talks. They did put out a couple of, you know, they gave you a, a list of demands. I think our country uniquely does not like to have a list of demands from anybody. Uh, so I think that's going nowhere. But it, it, it almost feels like 19, let's say, 53. The Russians, military, Chinese, military, what happens they get together? I know that would seem odd, but it does feel like that there's a new axis developing against us, and we ignore it. We ignore what the Russians are doing. The Russians, just endless military, the naval, uh, the naval procession this weekend, the Chinese, endless military against Taiwan, and we seem to think it's a trade issue. It's clearly not a trade issue. It's an issue of turning back the clock before the Nixon goes to China. And I think we have to be very wary of that because I like competition. I don't want Cold War. Nobody should want Cold War. It's, it's, it's not good for business. Right. Well, speaking of competition, on the margin, aren't some of these regulatory moves out of China good news for our tech giants, whom we're also going to hear from this week? You don't want your money there. You want your money here. And uh, I think that there was a... You know, people are starting to realize I heard something this morning and I'm, and I'm not I'm not against it, but uh, that Apple had fallen behind the other tech companies. So let's buy some Apple. Well, th- it could actually work. Our market is is so hot. But any money that's over there uh-uh. and any pension money that is trying to figure out their what they have to do to make their their, their you know, their bogey also stocks. So I know it's the only game in the world. Uh, you can't fight that. Like Sam Cooke said, don't fight the feeling. <laughs> right. uh, obviously, we'll, we'll keep our eye on it today. There's a ton of news out of China, which we'll watch with, uh, with Eunice's help, with Jim's help. And then there's back home, Jim, uh, more discussion about the Delta variant. Uh, cases here in this country are up 3x uh, in a few weeks. Stat News has an interesting piece this morning that we're in the middle of the fifth wave, and this one is accelerating faster than the first two from the spring and summer of last year. The pandemic sex phase. Uh, look, Stat News has been really terrific, but you know who hasn't been that great? Dr. Fauci. I find Dr. Fauci to be uniquely uh, behind behind on everything and comes on the shows. And I'm going to say something that's a little damning, but maybe one, at times when I'm spread too thin, I don't do quality work. When you come on TV every minute, you're spread too thin. I prefer the work of uh, a Dr. Gottlieb who had been very negative and said we were about to have a big wave. That was true. Now we're getting the big wave, and he is saying that we are right behind UK, and we're about to peak in two, three weeks. Now, I have never wanted to take on Dr. Fauci. He's a distinguished man who spent his life trying to do the right thing. But you know what? Again, when you're spread too thin, I'm going to just generalize to me. When I'm spread too thin, you're not going to get great stuff from me. And I've noticed that over 40 years of work. Uh, This man is way spread too thin. And what he says on, on air 
I mean, yesterday was doing red state, blue state. That's fine. That's true. But what I care about is herd immunity from people who have it. A much more granular approach than Fauci, who, like the head of CDC, I mean, these are people who are distinguished people who are all speaking different languages, don't tell us what to do, don't keep track of the right information, and are really just, frankly, a, a travesty of a mockery of a sham. Well, that's that's one reason why there's, I think, a lot, a lot of sympathy for those who are unvaccinated, because they have been given so many kinds of messages. Yes. You mentioned Gottlieb on Squawk. He did uh, refer to this notion that if you look at the U.K., how far off might the U.S. be from peaking? Here's what he said. The U.K. is turning the corner. It's a pretty good indication that maybe we're further into this than we think, and maybe we're two or three weeks away from starting to see our own plateau here in the United States. Uh, Tom Lee, our good friend over at Fundstrat, sure. does a lot of good quanti- uh, quantitative work on, on COVID, says if the U.S. follows the template of the U.K., Daily cases here might peak in the next 12 days. That's unbelievable. Uh, we think energy epicenter stocks will begin rallying this week. Wow. Uh, they've been hit. Uh, they, uh, still up for the year. You know, there's always a, a kind of a comic undertone. We all say, well, uh, Dr. Gottlieb, uh, who's on the board of Illumina and Pfizer? Can I just say for one, one second, if you're on the board of Illumina and you're on the board of Pfizer, you know more than anybody, <laughs> certainly any more, anybody in the government. The board of Pfizer is probably the epicenter of knowledge, okay? And then Illumina is the epicenter of detection. So we can say whatever we want, but dial, who's that? Who, what board is Dr. Fauci on? I, I don't think, I don't know. No. I don't know if he's on a board. He's uniquely wants to avoid money, and I totally get that. But Dr. Gottlieb gets probably daily updates, not just from the CDC and Johns Hopkins. And he gets it from Pfizer. And Pfizer and Moderna are the two companies that know much more than anyone in our government. Right. Uh, Who are these people? Who's the FDA? I mean, the FDA approves an Alzheimer's drug. That actually probably has no efficacy. I do a lot of work with Brain Society, do a lot of stuff with uh, American Migrant Foundation. There may be no efficacy of that thing whatsoever. But they still haven't made the vaccines regular. They're still emergency, which means you can't tell people you got to get vaccinated. So, I mean, the FDA with one fell swoop could maybe get 50 million people vaccinated. But there, I mean, I, I normally I would have said that in the old days, I would have said they're a bunch of clowns. But because I'm Jimmy Chill, I say they're ill advised. <laughs> Uh, as for the impact on equities, Jim, uh, David Costin of Goldman Sachs last night, we think the Delta variant should pose a minimal risk Ooh. to the U.S. equity market. Uh, from an economic perspective, widespread vaccinations and strategies focused on containment suggest limited medical and economic downside, even if infections continue to rise. Well, there was a large home builder reported on Friday, Horton. And we know that where it's worst is Texas. Now, I, look, I don't know why. I mean, you could say why it's best is Texas, because maybe they just want to get the herd immunity quickly. But it's the hottest market for housing. Hottest market. They can't find homes. There are people who are going to cities like Austin. They can't, there's just no homes. So it is entirely true that uh, there, uh, there's worry about the variant. But it isn't. You know, when you want to buy a home, that's a pretty major purchase. And it's certainly, if anything, accelerated. So how bad could the variant be if people are seeking it out? Uh, by the way, uh, Webbush today ups Horton to outperform uh, 125. They were at 94 uh, on this idea, Jim, that um, the last week's sell-off was an overreaction in well, their view. Yeah, but Horton decided, you know what, we're not going to build homes unless we have appliances and windows. Uh, Whirlpool, I like the stock of Whirlpool. I like the business. He, he, he's good, Mark. Doctor. I call him Doc. But one thing you have to understand when you look at Horton, they are trying to not take money from people 
and then not have homes. So they're slowing things down without the Fed's help. Uh, so, What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. I, I thought the Horton call was very, very good. And then I hear, well, listen, be careful, Jim, it's a head and shoulders. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm exhausted of that <laughs> not, stuff. Not the technicians. Well, again. the whole stock market has been a head and shoulder all year, and it's been fantastic. And I actually see a reverse head and shoulder view. Take this. Reverse head and shoulder. <laughs> um, we're going to talk more about some of the calls. Uh, speaking of, uh, of uh, reopening plays, uh, upgrade of Six Flags today. Yes. Uh, but also Zoom being named a top pick over at uh, uh, B of A, which we'll talk about. Also, Bitcoin, what a night last night, jumping for, to six-week highs uh, as Amazon is reportedly moving toward accepting it for payment. That story has not been matched by many news organizations. Take a look at futures here. Dow futures were down 300 early today. Well off of that, more squawk on the street from the NYS. See you in a minute. Getting some breaking news on the wires here regarding crypto. Tether executives reportedly facing a criminal probe in uh, to top bank fraud. The DOJ is reportedly looking into whether Tether misled banks about its crypto business. Uh, CNBC has reached out to Tether for comment, Jim. Uh, we can look at that as well as the action in Bitcoin uh, over the weekend on the heels of this unmatched story that Amazon might consider Bitcoin is, for payment. Is it possible for us to call up any of the unbelievable interview that Deirdre Bosa did last week with the two Tether, I don't even want to call them executives, I don't know, two Tether people? Uh, because it was astounding. I mean, it, it, if you you left there and you, and you thought, well, you know what, I wish Deirdre Bosa had subpoena power because it seems so opaque. Well, you know who does have subpoena power? Justice Department. They have unlimited resources, and we definitely have to look into this because I thought that if you listened to Deirdre and you were in the Justice Department, if you would place a call. Or if, if you're Gensler, because he's talking about it being a security, you would place a call. Now, these guys do stable coin, of which they're very unstable. New York State does not allow them to do business. They had an $18 million fine. I thought it should be much bigger. But this is a huge story because, remember, Tether is about 60, what, about $68 billion in stable coin. And uh, Tim, Tim uh, Bassett, who used to run the CFTC, came on Mad Money and said, look, these are the guys you got to worry about. And, well, criminal probe, they're much bigger than people realize. Yep. Uh, implications for commercial paper and a few other things as well. Yes, I yep. couldn't find anyone in this commercial paper market who actually does business with them. So where is that commercial paper? And is it Chinese commercial paper, which historically has been difficult to rate? So, uh, again, if you watch Deirdre, you, th- this is someday because if, if we didn't hear the Bitcoin no- noise and news about Amazon unsourced, correct, well, somewhat unsourced, yep. then Bitcoin would be down very big. 
But instead, because of maybe a short squeeze or something, wow, this tether news is not uh, percolated enough. Yeah. Do you, I mean, we, we were talking about technicians and charts a moment ago. Do you believe that surviving 30K a couple times now has created a firm floor? Yes. You do? Yes, I do. And I think that there were a lot of people who pressed it and thought it was going to break down. Ethereum is breaking down, too. That's why it's almost as if, did someone leak this? We really got to prove that Amazon, because Amazon's probably, I can't think of another company that would make you want to cover your short in Bitcoin or, or crypto <laughs> than Amazon. I mean, who? Like Walmart. Eh, Walmart, <laughs> they're going to take Bitcoin. Who cares? Amazon. Yeah. Wow. So uh, we got to prove this one before we just say it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, it's, it's the kind of story that historically you could argue would have been matched by somebody. Somebody by hours now. Later. Yeah. Somebody. And remember, their CFO, very, they're a very conservative company, by the way. It's not like they're just sitting there saying, you know what, we got we to take something that we can't, like Andy Jassy, the new CEO. Well, let's just take this thing and see how we do over the weekend. That's not true. But you'll see Square popping. Again, Square is the way to play for the cowards. Uh, Coinbase, which I've been very uneven on, uh, is up 13 but these are big developments. And the Tether criminal probe, again, the Justice Department, was, oh, they leak a line. And that makes it very uncertain because who are the executives? Now, we know that we may not even have jurisdiction over them. But we do know that they are, what, the sixth biggest player in commercial paper in the world. And that's not to be trifled with. Right, right. Do you think overall, directionally, there's been progress in using Bitcoin as a payment mechanism? Absolutely. You do? Yes, I do. Uh, particularly Ethereum, and not just because of that non-fungible token wave that happened yes. for a few weeks. We were back there with the Steve Jobs letter last week. But I just think it's become the discussion, if you're MasterCard, Visa, what do we do? And I think there are a lot of people who wish that it weren't here. Jamie Dimon, I think at times, wish you weren't here. But it's here, and people own it. And particularly, you know who owns it? The millennials, Robin Hood. And guess who's about to get... A lot of money. The people who are <laughs> going to take Robin to public. Yes. And I mean, 20 to 35 percent is going to the Robin hoodies. If the stock breaks down, do they have more capital? That's what uh, Vlad needs to put ten of. The, uh, I hope Vlad doesn't, doesn't become less of a spokesperson for it because he is fine. You, you like his candor. Oh, my. His candor is such. Now, I had Mark Benioff on last week from Salesforce, and he's become a firm advisor to Vlad. Single source of truth, Mark says. Interesting. Yeah, very different. Yeah, very different. Safety. (laughs) Yes, very different. Very different. No longer just an app, but a source of safety. That's Mark Benioff's message, and it seems to have gotten through to to Vlad. Yeah, Uh, and and some traders, uh, given the action over the weekend. We will get Kramer's Mad Dash and count down to the opening bell on this uh, busy Monday morning. Take one more look here at Futures as we get the opening bell in about 10 minutes. Don't go away. Let's get to Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Jim has been calling for Zoom 2.0. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 
for a while, and it right. sounds and like Bia agrees. Exactly right. 2.0. It's well put. Now, uh, before I get started here, my uh, stepson works for Zoom. Got to disclose that. But this 5-9 merger, they think is a game changer because it's talking about unified communications. You get pretty much a one-stop shop. You get a call center. You get Zoom. That is a good business for Zoom. Uh, and uh, this Bank of America game changer for the sector, naming Zoom a top pick, might be able to ignite this stock. Uh, DocuSign, which is really taken off here because people, once they got hooked on DocuSign, stayed with it after the pandemic waned. I think that this is still a great hybrid play. I think people expected that that there would be a uh, a kind of a really a Goldman J.P. Morgan move that Morgan Stanley, James Gorman, basically saying, if you want to do well, you got to come back to work. It didn't happen. They're outliers. And I think because they're outliers, we have to have Zoom. We can't get rid of it. And I know that WebEx is Cisco, very competitive outfit. And uh, I have to do a Microsoft Teams call today. Uh, you You get the ooh, that's a bad chart. But, you know, I'm sure there's someone who can say, wow, it held, exactly. it held. Uh, but I do think that this piece is worth getting because they've got checks that are positive. And I had, uh, I, I have to tell you, I had this 5-9-1 multiple times. And uh, they're good at, Ron Trollope, they're very aggressive. And they had great numbers. So even though Zoom paid a lot, it doesn't matter. That company is a winner. Uh, I know that people feel sometimes that they're too aggressive, but that's exactly what Zoom needs. Yeah. Uh, Five billion in cash. Yeah. Uh, operating margins in the high 30s. People don't care at all about the quarter because they just say, well, that's got to wane once we open up. We ain't opening up. I mean, if you listen to the, listen to the home builders calls, you know, that's people just saying, I don't have to go back and, or I'm going to go back a couple days a week. And none of us has ever seen this. Right. But, you know, if we let's say you and I just said, hey, you know what? I'm not in today. Well, you know, we have jobs, but a lot of people over the country that work don't, no one knows they're there. Law firms, like who cares? You know, send me the brief. They never send anybody. They, stand, you know, they don't, who needs Show offices? me the build hours and yes, that's all I care. That's all that matters. <laughs> who knows where it's from? So be aware that this thing's not going away and hybrid means Zoom. Uh, interesting note out of B of A today, as Jim yep. says. Uh, the opening bell a few moments away. And remember, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Back in a moment. So the attestations are part of assurance services offered by independent accountants. Audits are another form of assurance services, Deirdre. Um, for now, we are providing those quarterly attestations, those assurance attestations, attestations, showing that Tether is in fact fully backed in reserve. We are working towards getting financial audits, which by the way, no one else in the stablecoin sector has done yet. That's some officials from Tether talking to our Deirdre Bosa last week. We bring that up because of these reports this morning uh, that the U.S. is probing into whether or not executives behind uh, the digital token committed bank fraud. Jim, a little more specificity here now on these reports. Uh, Prosecutors are scrutinizing whether Tether concealed from banks the transactions were linked to crypto. And apparently this focuses on conduct that occurred a few years ago. Oh, a few years ago. Okay, so... Uh, well, that it, it can just point out that when Deirdre interviewed the gentleman, uh, the idea that no one else has the audit is completely untrue. That's just one of those things where you can just say it. And, well, it's not true. I mean, like, you know, the Phillies are in first place. Oh, 
No, they're in second. <laughs> and then one of the things that really galls me is, is that what they, what they provided is a one-page pie chart. I mean, I, 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 it's like a pie in your face. And it's just outrageous. And, you know, they say they're working toward auditing. Well, last time they said they had auditors. So, I mean, these guys, uh, their story changes all the time. But if it's an old, old Justice Department, that does mean that they did, you know, it's possible that they did change their ways. Uh, but I, I, we need more. Yep. Uh, we've reached out for comment. And, of course, DOJ declined to comment. There's the opening bell. And the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board at Digital Health Company Up Health celebrating its recent listing at the NASDAQ. Uh, EV maker Lucid Motors celebrating its debut today via SPAC. They're exciting. I mean, that is a, I was in that car and I, he was driving it. Martin, Martin, he was on this morning. And he threw me, went zero to 80, and it just tossed me right through the, you know, I had just had my back operated yeah. on. He was try, clearly trying to get me to, have, you know, have some sort of reversal of that surgery. Uh, but he's an exciting guy. He's got an exciting car. It was difficult, apparently, to accrue the votes that were necessary. That's the story that uh, David yes, brought to yes. last week. But uh, congratulations. I think congratulations are in order because I think that this is the real competitor. Uh, it's beautiful. It's expensive. Uh, but he's planning about 2.7 million square yeah. foot. He's got big ambitions. Yeah, I'm not the only one. Uh, reports last week that Tesla's on a bit of a hiring spree uh, as they look to ramp up sales. I mean, space is heating up. In yes, many ways. and we have Tesla tonight. That'll always be exciting. They have a, I hope they have a great conference call. While you're away, Netflix had a call. They obviously have nothing to show because they didn't talk about anything that they're watching. Uh, Tesla better have an exciting call because some the, the really exciting stocks are, uh, are putting me to sleep. Come on. Yeah. I mean, he's got now. I know he's not going to smoke a doobie anymore. He learned that that was probably a mistake. But I, I do hope he gives us some color beyond just, well, Berlin, they've let us cut the trees down. Yeah. Are you more interested in Tesla as a proxy for EV, proxy for Bitcoin, or proxy for China? Wow. Um, I think it's a proxy actually for China because what it says is I want to see if you play ball. With the People's Republic, whether they let you sell, uh, I think that they're going to, they, I think he's going to have great numbers in China. You do. I really do. I really do. Yeah. Because there had been some worries, I think, around April that, that sales were declining. Right. Reports that uh, well, he, he can, local players were being championed by, by the That government. is definitely true. But I think, again, if you build it there, I keep hearing this, like the People's Republic is not against companies that build it there. They are against America to some degree, saber-rattling, but it seems that some people in the government want competition, and others in the government want to stir up problems in our own country. And uh, they are very shrewd. They want us, I think, to take the, our eye off the ball of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan must be uh, defended at all costs by our government, but we're very quiet. And some of us are trying to understand why we're so quiet. Like, why are we still viewing it as trade? They're not viewing it as trade. Why are we still viewing it as something involving jobs and money? It's, it's, it's Cold War. Yeah. You didn't do a lot of business with the Russians during the Cold War other than we gave them bread. Right. Now, you, you seem to definitely see it through a geopolitical, yeah, not security lens. No, and I don't want to see it like that yeah, because I think that I want solid competition where they play fair. And that's what I want. I do not want to see, uh, I don't want to call them rogue, but I would say a, a country that is pre-Nixon. 
because those were frightening times. Yeah. And we don't want that. And then Chinese weren't that good at business back then. Now they're good. So I, I hope that there's some reconciliation that does not, uh, let's say, uh, sacrifice Taiwan. That'd be a disaster for us. Yeah. Um, it's a mixed bag this morning. Energy does lead. I, I have to hand it like to you. Call. You you called the top in oil. I mean, at least here in the short term. Well, let's see. I know that the world could slow down uh, under the with the variants. Uh, the world could slow down if China goes back into some sort of you know a decline because of the, the variants are there. Remember, we're not getting this true story. I think in China about how second rate their vaccine is. They need they need a vaccine that works. Uh, when you have these vaccines that are 45 to 50 percent, that's kind of like our flu vaccine. And it's not enough. One of the things we keep hearing about is you know, even when the breakthroughs and a lot of people know breakthroughs, people get sick. But a lot of it's asymptomatic. And a lot of the players who get uh, who catch it in in sports. Now, some of it is, is that the in, say in baseball, they're not all they're not they're not all vaccinated. Of course. But apparently there's a lot of asymptomatic Now football. It's going to be quite different. Uh, these reports over the weekend, actually late last week, that the basically your players get sick, you risk forfeiting the game. Yeah. Now, yeah. let's say you're a player that is not vaccinated. How will the other players view you if you're taking away their paycheck? I mean, that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the first time I've seen a plan that says don't sacrifice your coworker. I wish all places thought like that. The NFL is the lead here. Don't sacrifice your coworker. Yeah, um, they, they they have been a tip of the spear on, on many protocols. Yep. Meanwhile, there's a story on the wires uh, this morning citing NBC that uh, New York City is expected to extend mandates to city workers. Okay, uh, the city we're all so, it, so we'll be watching that evolution hooks. over time. We're right? all in tender hooks about yeah. the idea of going back to mass. You know, also one thing we haven't covered at all. I mean, Genrac was upgraded today. Uh, Genrac price price target boost, but these fires. The fires, the grid, there's just an element of a, there's a kind of apocalyptic feel about some of these things. Uh, my daughter lives in a town called Ashland I'm, in Oregon. I'm reading that they're trying to save Ashland, the fire department. Save? These are, these are cities. We're ignoring it, I think, in part because Oregon, very undercover. But take a look at the sun, and you'll see the effect of fires everywhere. Even here. Yeah, even yeah. here. The I sun, mean, I looked at this morning, oh I said, my, wow, oh it's beautiful. God. And I realized, no. Air quality alerts in Philly and Toronto, all because of what's happening out west. We cannot, we can't overlook this. I mean, it's a big step back for everybody. And it's just, I mean, look, in the end, we need more firefighters. I don't know. Because I don't think we can let this continue. We can't have, we, we can't have the air so polluted that people have to evacuate. Um, Jim, we mentioned at the top of the show, busy week. We're going to get the Fed meeting. We'll be listening right. to comments on taper. Uh, Santoli made a great point this morning, and that is Fed weeks tend to be a chance for the market to rotate a bit, uh, maybe be, be a little net defensive. Is that, is that true this I time? thought that was a great report. And basically what he's saying is we are at a crucial moment. Of course, I'm going to over-dramatize the, the <laughs> no, hy- no hyperbole. Yes. Yes. But we are at a crucial moment for the cyclicals, which are hanging by thread. Uh, we're crucial moment for energy. Uh, but what I really want to see is if a cyclical reports a good number, does it matter? For instance, Otis reported a great number today. I've got Judith Marks on tonight. And I mean, it, 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 it's barely working. 
I mean, it's just a blowout mar- a number, and Judith is doing such a fine job. And the stock's only at 40, 48 cents, but then again, there's no volume. It is the summer. Mm-hmm. These are summer weeks now, and I think people forget that you can't gin up volume. I mean, people are just are not playing. Robinhood's going to be the test of volume. Yeah. I mean, Otis, I think, doesn't mean much to these younger you know, like they don't know Otis Redding, Otis Worldwide. They don't know. But the younger younger people know. Um, they know. Yes. Yeah, they well, know. They, the, they've got it. The very young probably know Hasbro, uh, wow. which had a pretty good up 7% in the pre-market. Uh, 105 crushes 47 cents. Uh, and I think we're going to talk to them later on this morning. Oh, we do? Yeah, Brian, because I've got to tell you that they are a video company. And they are a gaming company. And Brian has negotiated that. I've, by the way, Mattel comes up this week. These companies are doing quite well. And what's going on here, there's also a big short position in Hasbro because people felt, well, you know what? They're not going to, once the once we get solve the pandemic, who's going to stay home and play Monopoly? Well, what they didn't count on were all the other things that Brian is involved in. The uh, Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering is one of the hottest things in the world. Now, I don't think it's as hot as Call of Duty, but it's certainly not as violent. Right, right. Well, I mean, Grand Theft Auto, Magic, I mean, you would want your kids to a little bit more. Yes. Um, speaking of uh, doing things other than playing games, I see NCLH has its first sale yes. uh, since March of 2020. Um, we did get the upgrade of Six Flags at Webbush. They, yes. they go to 50 uh, on a compelling reopening play. Yes, uh, like 2019, they're gonna be 2019. If we just go back, uh, Frank Del Rio, who runs Norwegian. Now, this is how screwed up our country is. He has campaigned that everybody who sails has to be vaccinated, uh, the crew and the uh, public, the customers. And the Florida government's fighting that. Under what principle? The right to get sick? I mean, I, I don't, I mean, the Constitution does not have a right to get sick. I mean, that's not like the 20-whatever amendment. So I think that Frank has been dead right in saying that he wants to sell safely, particularly because if you don't, that industry is going to be troubled. Yes. So I salute Frank. He has been on the mark the whole way. He's a great executive, and all he wants is safe, safe sailing. So... Congratulations. I was going to go on Norwegian cruise uh, in, right before the, the pandemic because they have this Haven line, which is so great. But, uh, well, I don't know. My wife seems to think that those are still not the place to be. Yeah. On the cruise. So still some hesitancy, some on, hesitancy. on sailing. My daughter was in one of their cruises. And, you know, it was a music cruise, an EMD cruise. I don't even know what that is, frankly. But I did vote <laughs> for a boyfriend to be the bartender of the year at the, uh, uh, it, you know, at it, it, the, well, I better not say it. <laughs> it's called Parker House. He won the bartender of the year at Parker House. I mean, if you're from New Jersey, that's like being the MVP of, the, of, <laughs> of Major League Baseball. But congratulations to Matt Mullen for taking that honor. I, I love that. I only voted 40 times. <laughs> um, other areas that, that might uh, get some interest today, I see Gap. Deutsche goes How to buy, like Jim. Uh, volatile trends, they argue, are largely behind the company. Uh, a path now consistent, to, a path to consistent EBIT margins. I think that stock should be higher. That's also Matthew Boss at JP Morgan stock. Uh, Athleta doing quite well. Uh, and Old Navy doing well. I happen to like to shop at, at Gap DC. I was all Gap this weekend. And uh, no one knew. So that's the one problem. Because if I had told them I was Gap, people would have said, I thought that you were more upscale. But I think the Gaps fit me well. Right. 
Uh, I see Moderna uh, is oh, um, unstoppable. helping to lead the uh, the NDX, Jim. We had record highs consistently over the last couple of weeks here. And, and a lot of that is because they're saying, this is something that, that uh, Mansell told me bef- well before all of this happened, which is they he's got uh, what should be targeted vaccines for cancer, which obviously would be the holy grail. So you think this is about more than you much need more. boosters in the fall? Much more. Mansell is a genius. So Amazon Web Services plays a role there, too. Uh, he's a genius, uncelebrated. Uh, had his first at the absolute bottom in 2020 was the day that he had one patient that was that didn't catch COVID. So wow. if you take a look at the arc of this market, it's Bancel's arc. It really is. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, finally, Amex. I know you've been all oh. over the credit card names, but a lot of price target increases today. So what does that say about the variant? Doesn't it say that the variant's not going to play a role, or does it say that you know that that we have a situation where Dr. Gottlieb's going to be right. Now, I spent some time with American Express. Now, I don't know if you this fellow, Mr. Squeery. Uh, he's different. He is of and by the people, small and medium-sized business. They are doing incredible things. Now, I know it's the older person square, you would think, but the millennials love the card. Uh, Gen X loves the card. It's almost as if I want to show the card I've made it. And that's incredible. We're back to that era. It's not don't leave home without it. Now the commercials are, are very compelling. You've got a business card and you've got a regular card. I salute him. He has been he he's taken that company to another level. Yeah. And, and once international reopens, oh. uh, it's going to be a different story. Although uh, there was a piece out this morning out of Reuters that the White House will keep existing travel restrictions in place for now because of the concerns about the Delta. Well, I do think that the U.K. is going to be the forerunner. I do think there's also a lot of anti-vaxxers, say, in Italy. Uh, We don't know in France. Macron has been very tough on the anti-vaxxers. I I know we tend to think, this is one of the things I don't like about, but another thing I don't like about what Dr. Fauci is saying. It's not, sure, it could be a red state, blue state, but who are the red states in Italy? You know what I mean? There's just people who don't believe. And I think, again, if the FDA, if you were to tell the FDA, listen, guys, get on the case and say that your work says it works, then I think it wouldn't matter whether you believe or not. You'd have to take it. Or, again, the NFL way. Do you want to you forfeit your, your, your friend's business? Go ahead. It's a great point. Uh, vaccine hesitancy is not uniquely American. Exactly right. I don't like this idea that there is just a, look, we have a lot of rumors being spread. I know that. That's absolutely true. But if, in Europe, they have many people, and they're not, they didn't vote for Trump. Nope. nope. Last, right? I, I, absolutely right, Jim. Are those val- ballots still waiting to be counted? <laughs> uh, we're down 69 points here. S&P holding 49.09. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Happy Monday, everybody. Flattish open, but the fundamentals about as good as you could possibly ask for. And the cyclicals are back leading today. So energy is back up. Uh, bank stocks are back up. Industrial started up. They're flattish right now. Tech's been a little bit weak today. We've seen some weakness in some of the semis like NVIDIA, Microsoft, which is going to be reporting Oracle down a little bit, but not much. And there you see uh, the crane shares, China Internet down 7%. That's uh, a 52-week well, of course, those stocks, uh, many of the Internet stocks, some, many of them trading over in China as well, as well as here, all to the downside. When I say the fundamentals are about as good as they get, well, we've been emphasizing how much earnings are beating expectations. 17, 18, 19, 20 percent beat in earnings. 
But revenues have also been beating rather dramatically by four, almost five percent. That's unusual. Historically, revenues beats have been very, very modest, one or two percent. But in the last several quarters, they've been going up three and now still four percent in this quarter. At the same time, Q3 and Q4 estimates are also rising, although not as much. So you've got rising earnings decelerating, but still rising with uh, with uh, revenues very, very strong. This plays into a very, very big, important cycle here. So earnings rising but decelerating, revenues stronger than expected. There's concerns about higher costs. But because we have higher revenues and because the prices have been rising to offset the higher costs, the margins have remained near record levels. We have 13 percent margins in the first quarter. That was a historic record for the S&P. It's been 9 to 11 percent in the last five years or so. Now we're near record this quarter, 12.8 percent so far. Still near a record level. When you combine rising earnings, rising revenues, and margins that are stable near record levels. That, folks, is why the S&P 500, why the broad market is sitting at new highs. In terms of earnings, I know we're obsessed with uh, Tesla. I know we're obsessed with Apple, and we should be. But I tend to look at the big global industrials. That's what you want to look at. Honeywell had great numbers last week. 3M is going to report on Tuesday. This is another one of those Big companies that sell across many, many different industries because they know what's going on in the global economy. That's why you look very carefully at what the earnings call is like. They can speak to the global economy, what's going on. We're expecting organic revenue growth, 18 percent. By the way, that's what's important with a lot of these companies, the revenue growth for the big industrials. It was 7 or 8 percent in the last quarter. So they're still talking about numbers that are going up. UPS is kind of the opposite. Remember, the UPS was one of the big beneficiaries of the pandemic last year. So there's a sense UPS might have decelerating revenue growth. But remember something, UPS surprised everybody in the last quarter with numbers way above expectations. So maybe decelerating revenue growth, but the earnings are still going to be very good and and if they get anything close like the last time, there was a huge surprise. And you see that big move up there uh, in, uh, in UPS. As for 3M, the important thing here, uh, they did very well overall here. And they're still trading at a very reasonable multiple. I'm just looking at it this morning, 18 to 19 times 2022 numbers. That's a very good multiple. That's not high at all. One of the big problems with some of the other global industrials, uh, for example, Honeywell, well, that's trading for a lot higher multiple. They were up 25 times as opposed to 18 to 20 in the past. So we got a very, very reasonable multiple uh, on 3M and the possibility for some outstanding organic revenue growth. Keep an eye on that one. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thank you. Uh, Bob Bassani. Still to come this morning, as we mentioned, Hasbro's a big gainer on a nice quarterly beat, and it's about a lot more than just toys. We'll talk to the CEO about that. First, though, take a look at the bond report and see how treasuries are faring this morning ahead of new home sales, which we'll get in just about 13 minutes. Uh, yields 10-year right around uh, 1275. We'll be right back. Let's get to Jim and stock trading. We can't go by the whole show without talking about the fact that Aon and Willis have canceled their $30 billion deal because of the Justice Department. This is the new regime that we're seeing. This is the regime which just says, you, listen, you may, put these, you may think that the lawyers are going to accept this deal. This, started, this was March of 2020, but not under our administration. So uh, this is a very negative development for those who think that there's going to be a lot of M&A. Even coming out of the financial 
uh, earnings yes. reports. Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of uh, M&A people thinking that they're going to get deals through. But this is a clarion call. This is saying a wake up call saying, listen, guys, this is a merger that they regard as making it so that the industry is anti-competitive. And uh, I would be very aware from anyone who comes on our show and just says, you know, there's no real change. Yeah, there's big change. Yeah, uh, regulators here. Uh, Solomon, I think, referenced China regulators. Yes, adding another tap on the brake. Okay, this is a very. Uh, some people say it's very anti-business administration. I think it's a very pro-consumer administration. There's very different things. Uh, how about tonight? Okay, I've got Otis. Yep. Uh, which reported just a terrific number. Judith Marks has just done incredible work. Uh, and I think that the fact the stock is down is more uh, have to do with this market than it does have to do with, um, let's just say, how great a company's performing. And then Scotland, is, that's a uh, private company. But we're all going to look to Judy because uh, it, she's had remarkable, look at the chart, remarkable quarter for remarkable quarter, remarkable quarter. And once again, I'm going to salute uh, Deirdre Bosa for being incredibly tough on a couple of guys. Now, maybe an older suit, older things that they did, maybe it's what New York State uh, sued them for, but let's understand that that's a very important lawsuit, and you got to follow because this is a, one of the biggest users of commercial paper worldwide. Yep, uh, we uh, we're grateful that Deirdre had that, and uh, we'll obviously look for more developments on this story today, Jim. Yep. We'll see you at six. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mad Money, of course, with Jim Cramer, six p.m. Eastern. When we come back, Hasbro is the biggest gainer on the S and P after that blowout quarter. We'll talk to Brian Goldner about it in a moment. Uh, Dow's down thirty now. Squawk on the streets back in a minute. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.